Hello and thank you for tuning in to episode 8 of the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Steven Sahoyas and on today's episode I'm going to be talking about how the Detroit Lions have one of the most underrated offenses in fantasy football. I mean if you look at the draft values this team has right now in redraft leagues, it's absolutely insane. So I'm going to touch on which players from that offense you should be trying to target. And then I'm also going to be doing a mock draft later in the show. We'll go through that. We'll go through both topics on this episode. So get comfortable, get ready, and let's start the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, so we're going to start off with that Detroit Lions offense. And there's about five players from this offense that I'm interested in having on my fantasy football team. And as it stands right now, four of them are coming at great values in fantasy football leagues. Let's start off with the quarterback, Matthew Stafford. And he missed half of the season last year dealing with back injuries, but he's going to be healthy in 2020. He right now in NFFC drafts is going as the 14th ranked quarterback off the board. Now, there is some serious value to be had with Stafford as QB 14. If you wait on quarterback, Stafford's consistency is exactly what you should be looking to draft and what you should be trying to target in those later rounds. Over the past eight years, Matt Stafford has finished as a top 10 QB five times if you include week 17. And if you don't, he's finished as a top 12 quarterback five times if you just play until week 16. So there is some serious consistency. Only six other active quarterbacks can make that same claim. So Stafford definitely can give you a ton of dependability at quarterback, which is what you should be trying to target if you're not taking one of the guys early on. You want someone who you can put in your lineup and is dependable rather than someone who's going to be sporadic up and down, might win you one week and then loses you two. So I really like Stafford as a late round target and a value to be had at the position. He is someone who I think because he missed so much time last year, isn't getting the recognition he deserves. Next, I'm going to go to the running back position, and I'm not interested in carry on Johnson, but I am interested in DeAndre Swift. I think the Lions went out and drafted Swift as early as they did. They took him as the number two running back in this past draft. I think the reason why they went out and took him so early was because they want a new starter. They gave on Johnson a chance last year, and he really didn't get the job done through the first six games of the season, and then he came back later and wasn't too impressive down the stretch either in the two games he played in Week 15 and Week 16. So I think the selection of Swift is a real sign that this team is committed to him as their starter. And on Johnson will be involved still. This pick, if you go back to Swift's college usage, he was not a big usage guy. He averaged 15.7 touches per game in his final season at Georgia. He's not a touch monster. He's not this guy who's going to go out every week and be heavily involved. But he's going to get a good share of the touches. So I can see him having a similar role in Detroit where he's not getting 20 plus touches every week, but he's still getting a healthy dosage. In the article that I wrote over at rallytowel.ca, which is where you can go to get great free fantasy football content, 
I likened this duo of Swift and Johnson to the tandem that they have in New Orleans with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. I see Swift very much taking on the Kamara role, and I can see Carryon Johnson still being involved, holding a role similar to the one Latavius Murray has with the Saints. At wide receiver is where you're going to find the only player who's being properly valued or the only projected starter in this Detroit Lions offense who is being properly valued, and that's Kenny Galladay. He finished as the wide receiver nine in PPR leagues last year, and he's going in NFFC drafts as the wide receiver eight. So not a whole lot of value to be had. People know he's good. He's a top talent in the league, and your draft investment is going to have to equal what his talent level is. There's no discount on Kenny Galladay. You're going to have to pay up to get him in your fantasy drafts. But there is a wide receiver, the one who will be starting opposite of Kenny Galladay, who is coming at a crazy bargain right now in fantasy drafts, and I can't explain why. I have no idea why this is, but Marvin Jones Jr. is wide receiver 43 in NFFC leagues right now. In NFFC drafts, Marvin Jones Jr. is wide receiver 43. He finished last year playing half the season with Jeff Driscoll and David Blau at quarterback as wide receiver 24. So even with two subpar quarterbacks for half of the year, Marvin Jones found a way to finish as a back-end wide receiver 2 in 12-team leagues. So explain to me why now, with Matthew Stafford fully healthy and hopefully behind center for the entire season, why Marvin Jones Jr. is going so much later in drafts. Before Matt Stafford went out with his back injury last year, through the first 8 games of the season, Marvin Jones was wide receiver 18 in PPR and you can get him outside the top 100 picks at wide receiver 43. I know he's 30 years old and that might have people concerned but this is redraft we're talking about. You're not holding this guy on your team forever. This is redraft and you can get him outside the top 100 picks. That's an easy easy selection in almost any draft. I'm telling you right now the fact that Marvin Jones is going this late, he is the biggest steal at wide receiver. I can't explain why. I have no idea. There's no explanation as to why Marvin Jones is going as late as he is. That is someone who should be on your fantasy team no matter what because you don't have to give up nearly as much as you should to get him. The last player from the Detroit Lions offense that I want to talk about is second-year tight end TJ Hawkinson. Now, I think people have forgotten just how talented and just how impressive of a prospect profile this guy has. He is the best tight end prospect in the last five years to enter the NFL. And his 2019 season, his rookie year, could not have gone any worse. A, the guy dealt with a plethora of injuries. B, he only had Matthew Stafford for eight games last season. Then he was subjected to David Blau and Jeff Driscoll, and we all know how much of a mess that was. The Lions won three of their first eight games, the only eight games Stafford played last year, and they didn't win a single one when Driscoll or Blau started at quarterback. So that tells you the kind of play, the, the level of play these two were offering on a weekly basis. It was not good. 
But back to TJ Hawkinson. Tight end is already one of the hardest positions to adjust to in your rookie year. And you mix in a number of injuries and no starting quarterback. The quarterback who you trained with in training camp. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think this guy's going to light the league up? Obviously not. Obviously, he had no chance at success in 2019. But that's why you should buy in 2020. Because Matthew Stafford is healthy and ready to take over under center. Hawkinson is entering his second year with this team and he's the tight end 15 in fantasy football drafts there is easy top 10 upside with tj hawkinson in fantasy football and i would even go as far to say there's top five upside but i will almost i will guarantee that he does get into the top 10 this season at the position he is that talented of a player and under not the worst case scenario of circumstances, he can produce and get the job done and easily emerge as a primary target in this passing game. Outside of Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr., who else is commanding target targets? Danny Amendola? No way! Not a chance! The backs will be involved, Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift, they'll be involved, but there's no way that... TJ Hawkinson should not become at least the third option in this passing game. If Hawkinson is available to you and you've been sitting on tight ends late in your draft, smash the draft button 100%. All right, enough screaming and yelling about the Detroit Lions. It's time to mock draft. Let's get this mock draft going. I'm currently in the weight room about 12 seconds before this thing starts and I've got the number seven selection. My philosophy has always been target running backs early and often for this year in 2020. I think this year in particular, there's a lot of values to be had at wide receiver like Marvin Jones, for example. You can get him later in your draft. I don't see that same value at running back. So the first few picks already off the board. All the running backs going early. Dalvin Cook off the board, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. In no particular order there, I list them. The player I'm probably going to target with my first round pick here is Joe Mixon. I'm up next, so we'll see if I can get Joe Mixon. Camaro was taken, so I will take Joe Mixon, number seven overall. I like Mixon's upside in that Bengals offense. I think... With Joe Burrow taking over at quarterback, he can really open up the offense. And I think that offensive line is going to be a lot better too. Their first round draft pick from last year, Jonah Williams, is fully healthy again. So that'll be a big boost. And they also added to that position in the draft. So I think they should be better on the O-line. And then obviously a healthy A.J. Green helps. They add T. Higgins. That offense should be a little bit more explosive. It won't be Joe Mixon having to run up against stacked boxes all the time like it was in 2019. So going off the board now, some other players. Austin Eckler just went. I'm trying to see here. So after my pick of Mixon at 7, Michael Thomas went at 8, Devontae Adams at 9, Eckler at 10, and then Nick Chubb at 11. So I'm up again in five picks, so I've got a bit of a break, a bit of a breather. Miles Sanders going off the board at 13. So really the player that I've got my eyes set on here with my second pick, 
would probably be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If I can get him as my RB2, take some pressure off of him having to be a star right away. He's right now behind Josh Jacobs, who just went. I'm up in three picks. We'll see. It's interesting. Aaron Jones still on the board, too. That's enticing. Travis Kelsey goes. DeAndre Hopkins goes. There's still some good wide receivers on the board. Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones. Aaron Jones goes with that pick, so I'll take Clyde Edwards-Alaire gladly in the second round here. I just think the sky's the limit for that guy in Kansas City's offense. That is one explosive offense. If I can get someone who Andy Reid is obviously very excited about, he went back, watched this tape, and said he's better than Brian Westbrook. So I'm obviously very excited about drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire there at number 18. So not a bad running back tandem to start. Mixon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm not going to complain one bit about that start. Tyreek Hill just went off the board. That's a good value at number 20. Get a surefire wide receiver one. Julio Jones off the board at 22. I like how this draft's going so far. I've been able to get both my guys early. Jonathan Taylor is an interesting guy with the third pick, but I'm probably going to take my wide receiver one with this upcoming pick. I'm up again in nine picks, so I've got a little bit of time. But yeah, like I was saying, getting those running backs early is huge, in my opinion. There's just not that same value in the later rounds. Sure, you could draft workhorses like Le'Veon Bell or, or David Johnson, guys who are going to get big workloads in that fourth to fifth round range, but I just feel a lot better about these guys going earlier in drafts opposed to a wide receiver where I think the inverse is true. There's obviously top talents at the top of the board, but there's a lot of depth. The difference to me, you look at the ADPs or, or their average pick positions here. Devontae Parker is 48.8. DJ Chark is 77.4. I don't see a huge difference between those two, yet there's a 30-spot difference according to Yahoo ADP, which to me just proves my point that I'm better off waiting at that position. Mark Andrews still on the board. I'm not going to take him this early. So it really comes down to wide receiver. I think I got my eye on Allen Robinson and I'm next. If he can fall to me here and I can start with A-Rob as my number one, I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be through the roof. So just waiting, waiting for the person ahead of me to make their pick. Robinson is in a great situation. I think there's going to be a big upgrade at quarterback. There it is. A.J. Brown goes just before I will select gladly with a grin on my face. Allen Robinson, he's in a situation that, to me, is just getting better. Mitch Trubisky, we all know, had his struggles last year, was not good, did not take a step forward as a lot of people expected he would. So that's why they go out and they bring in Nick Foles. The Bears have a roster that's ready to win now. They don't need a all-star quarterback. That defense is very good. They just need someone who can move the ball downfield and run their offense, and to me, Nick Foles is more than capable of getting it done, and he'll likely be the best quarterback Allen Robinson has played with during his career, which is insane to think about. Just think about how bad the list of quarterbacks you've had to play with in the past must be in order for Nick Foles to be the best, yet that's the situation he's in now, and like I said, in the third round, as my wide receiver one, I'll gladly take Allen Robinson.
They didn't add really any competition for targets in that offense. So it's going to be Allen Robinson once again dominating the target share. I like Anthony Miller as a number two. I think he's a very good number two. But that offense proved last year that they need Allen Robinson to be the guy at wide receiver. They're going to target him often. And that's why I like him as a wide receiver one. If you can get him in the third round and stack up on running backs in the first and second, I'm doing that all day long. So coming up on my pick now, I'm back on the clock. I'm looking. Raheem Mostert is the best running back available. Mostert, Connor, Montgomery, Johnson, Swift, Akers, all available. A wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup. At tight end, Mark Andrews is there. I'm running out of time. I got to make my pick. I am going to take DJ Moore as my wide receiver too. Like I said, I usually like to go three of my first four picks at running back, but getting DJ Moore as my wide receiver too, I'm excited about having him on my team because they added Joe Brady, who was the passing game coordinator at LSU last year, who dominated in college football. Joe Burrow set the quarterback touchdown passing record with LSU last year. They had one of the best offensive units in college football history. And now I have him as DJ Moore as my number one or number two wide receiver. I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited. That's a good offense. That might be a sneaky good offense. Curtis Samuel is a really good receiver. Good speedster. Same with Robbie Anderson, who they just added. And you have a good offensive mind like Joe Brady, some stability at quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't see why they can't be successful. And let's not even discredit how good Matt Rule has been when it comes to operating offenses. He likes to stretch the field as well. Baylor ranked tied for 24th last year in college football when it came to yards per attempt. So this is a team that finished in the top quarter the the top third of college football offenses in yards per attempt i'm excited about this passing attack they're not going to be a great team again the panthers they're gonna have to throw the ball so i'm excited about taking dj moore as my number two wide receiver my picks coming up again in four picks mustard still on the board deandre swift still on the board cam Akers, darius geis got some good talents there Right now, DeAndre Swift's average position, average draft position on Yahoo, 81.9. Zach Ertz still available at tight end. That could be the play here. Going after a tight end at quarterback. Dak Prescott still on the board. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. Still some good talent on the board at quarterback. I think I'm going to wait there. Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett. T.Y. Hilton, D.J. Chark, all available at wide receiver. I think I'm going running back. Swift is the top back available. We'll see what the person in front of me does. Swift, Akers, Geis, Hunt, Breida, Williams, Michelle, Howard. I'm on the clock. Robert Woods went. It would feel pretty hypocritical if I just spent the first 10 minutes of this show preaching and 
talking about how underrated the Lions are, and I didn't take DeAndre Swift here in this spot. So I'm smashing the draft button on DeAndre Swift. He's my number three running back. I got two rookie running backs on the roster right now. Cause for concern? Maybe a little bit, (laughs) you know, with two rookies. But I like both these rookies. These were the top two running backs selected in the 2020 NFL Draft. And as we know, age is vital at the running back position. You know, it's a position that as you go, as you the older you get, the more mileage you have on you, the the more wear and tear. It's a position for the young. So I like taking DeAndre Swift there. My next pick is in seven picks. I'm kind of in a in a spot where I can go best available here. I, I don't have a tight end yet. I don't have a quarterback, but I've got two solid wide receivers. And two solid running backs. And for those wondering, it is a two wide receiver league. So I'm I'm set a wide receiver. I don't I don't have to take another one right now. I have both my starters. I have both my starting running backs and my flex. So maybe I do go quarterback here. But we'll see what's on the board. Chark as my wide receiver three would be interesting. Guy still on the board. Kareem Hunt still on the board. Mm. Dak Prescott's still on the board. I could end up with a very good quarterback available to me with my next pick. So I'm excited about that. I'm hoping Prescott falls to me here. So Chark just went. Jared Cook just went. I'm next. So right now, barring a a selection of Dak Prescott with this upcoming pick, I'm going Prescott. Austin Hooper just went. Sign me up for Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy, the last season he coached, he only coached 12 of Green Bay's 16 games back in 2018. But during that season, the Green Bay Packers passed the ball more often than any other team in the NFL. That is crazy. And they love he loves his three wide receiver sets. He used it over 70% of the time in 2018 which was the second most of any team that year. So Mike McCarthy, he's going to have a lot of C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper all on the field together with Dak Prescott, turning this offense, I think, more into a pass first than a run first. They ranked top 12 in rushing attempts last year and bottom 12 in passing attempts. So I think that's going to flip this year, a passing attempt and rushing attempt percentage. So I think that'll flip a bit this year under McCarthy who's always leaned to more of a pass first offense of course that could be because he had Aaron Rodgers but I mean it's not like he doesn't have any reason to pass with the Cowboys they got the best wide receiver trio in the NFL and Dak Prescott who's an exciting quarterback if they can sign him soon hopefully that contract talk has been going on for a long time now so Prescott as my quarterback feeling good I don't have a tight end No kicker, no defense, but we're not worrying about those two positions for a little while now. Now I'm I'm keeping an eye on tight end. I'll wait. I think there's some good tight ends to be had later in the draft. Players like Gasecki, Hawkinson, Goddard all all pique my interest. Even Blake Jarwin to an extent. Ian Thomas is another interesting player. So I'll wait a tight end. I'm in no rush to fill that void on my roster. 
if I had it my way, I'm probably leaning to taking another running back here. I'm up in five picks. I'm hoping Kareem Hunt is available to me in five picks. And I think I think there's a decent chance he will be here. Russell Wilson just went. Hunt, I think, is going to benefit a lot from Kevin Stefanski being the head coach of the Browns. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more, which means he'll get more rushing attempts. And he loves to use the 21 and 22 personnel. They use that a lot. He used that a lot, I should say, with the Vikings last year. They relied heavily on that. I think it was a combined 38% of the time they used those two rushing, or excuse me, formations on the field, which means Hunt should see the field a lot more in 2020 as well. And his ability to get the job done when it comes to catching the ball out of the backfield is absolutely huge. So I'm hoping he falls to me. I've got the next pick. Deshaun Watson just went. Let's see who the person in front of me takes. They go Jarvis Landry, which means I'm going to take Kareem Hunt as my fourth running back. So right now at a running back, just to recap, I've got Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Swift, and Kareem Hunt at wide receiver. I've got Allen Robinson the second and DJ Moore. At quarterback, Dak Prescott. I'm liking this team so far. I feel like I've got a top three quarterback in fantasy. I, I really think I got two wide receiver ones, DJ Moore. The upside is crazy in an offense that will be a lot better this year. A lot more stability this year in this offense than there was a year ago. And my running backs, a lot of upside in these picks. I think Joe Mixon has a good chance at finishing in that top five. He's still only 23 years old. I think there's a decent chance he's able to finish inside the top five at the position given how revamped this Bengals offense will be in 2020. T. Higgins, A.J. Green, Joe Burrow, Jonah Williams, all coming back or all entering the offense, going to make a big difference. It'll almost be unrecognizable what this Bengals offense looked like a year ago. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who Andy Reid just can't get enough of, which, you know, if you're in the coach's good books, that's a good place to be. So we're rolling right now through the first, how many rounds is this? Let's see how many rounds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. So I got my eighth pick coming up now. Some interesting targets here. Matthew Stafford's still available if I needed a quarterback. That's who I'd be leaning on. That's who I'd be trying to target. I like Christian Kirk, who's available right now, too. He could be there by the time I make my next pick. I don't think the DeAndre Hopkins addition hurts him as much as he's been discredited here in fantasy. I think he's the knock that he's received to his ADP is a little unfair. I don't think he is getting the proper value for what I think he can offer. We know the Cardinals love to run out of that four wide receiver set, and he already has built-in chemistry with Kyler Murray, which I think will be important if there's any restrictions this offseason because of COVID-19. So having that chemistry already entering 2020 can only work in his favor. And he's still very young. He's still a very young wide receiver, so 
Maybe that's who I'm leaning here. There's still some decent running backs on the board. J.K. Dobbins still available. Do I go another rookie running back? Do I take another rookie running back right now? I'm thinking about it. I did say I love those late round wide receivers. Might just have to wait here. Tight end. I can wait. There's still a few guys at tight end I like. I'm going J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> I'm I'm all in on these rookie running backs. So now you do the math. I've got three rookie running backs. So hey, all about that upside, am I right? <laughs> you know, going with a lot of high upside picks, but a lot of depth at running back. All I need really is one of those three rookie running backs to hit. And I think I got a pretty good shot at that happening. If one of those three hit, then I've got my RB2, in addition to having Mixon as my RB1. I got two solid receivers in Moore and Robinson. And then I also have Kareem Hunt, who I think is a safe pick with some upside. I think the floor is what you saw from Kareem Hunt last year, which is just very minimal involvement in the rushing game, but just getting peppered with targets in the passing game. If you were to extend what Hunt received over the last eight games of the year last year, over the course of an entire season, he would have had 88 targets, which is a hefty amount. So there definitely is some upside if he can get some more carries in Stefanski's offense. Aaron Rodgers still on the board, just went actually. Crazy to see him that late in a draft. Not used to it based off of historical drafts, but... You know, there he is, going at pick number 97. Almost made it out of the top 100. Yeah, it's getting interesting now. I've got five picks until it's my turn again. I'm probably going to leave running back alone. I feel like I've drafted enough running back depth at this point. I'm leaning wide receiver here, and I think it is Christian Kirk who... I'm ultimately going to draft here. I think he'll be able to fall to me. I'm up in three picks. Other players like Gallup, Fuller, Brown, Slayton, Williams are all ahead. But I think Kirk is the clear number two in that Cardinals offense. And that's why I like him over a player like Michael Gallup. Because by the year's end, who knows where he sits. He could be number three. CeeDee Lamb is an extremely talented wide receiver prospect, and it would not shock me at all that he and Prescott get on the same page, build a good report, and Gallup ends up being number three in this offense. It's my pick. Kirk is still on the board. I'm taking Christian Kirk here. I've got Marvin Jones still on the board. Darius Slayton still on the board, a wide receiver. John Brown, Sterling Shepard. But just to recap... My team, quarterback, Dak Prescott, wide receivers, Allen Robinson and DJ Moore. Running back, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Swift, Kareem Hunt, J.K. Dobbins. And then obviously my last pick, Christian Kirk, making it three wide receivers. So far, I'm liking this team. I don't have a tight end yet. That's definitely on the horizon, I'd say. Hawkinson is the third best tight end available. He usually goes around pick 126. 
I'm up again in eight picks, so I'll, I'll be up again at 115. Gasecki just goes off the board. Might be time with my next pick to get the job done and fill out this offensive roster and get TJ Hawkinson in it. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the upside with Hawkinson is through the roof. There are no prospects at the tight end position to enter the NFL that have had a better prospect profile than TJ Hawkinson. And there is no way the unfortunate and complete worst case scenario rookie season that Hawkinson endured last year can repeat itself. Obviously, who knows? Maybe he's got he's injury prone. I don't know exactly the science. I don't know how someone can be prone to injuries, but maybe, you know, tight end's a tough position. It's it's not uncommon for a player playing tight end to, you know, get hurt or, or get banged up a bit. You look at a guy like Rob Gronkowski, he's battled a ton of injuries. So who knows? Maybe there is something to that position. It's a little bit harder to play. But nonetheless, I like TJ Hawkinson a lot. Like I'm just gonna put that out there. I like I like Hawkinson. And I'm I'm up in three picks. And unless Hayden Hurst and TJ Hawkinson go within this next few picks, I'm taking Hawk. So Duke Johnson goes, who I think is an all right handcuff right now in Houston. David Johnson, not the cleanest of injury histories. I'm next. So Harrison Butker just went. Someone took a kicker pretty early there. Just waiting patiently, hoping that my guy falls to me with the next pick. Just hoping that I get Hawkinson. This person in front of me really using the clock to the most of th- that they can. And they go John Brown from the Buffalo Bills. So look at that, TJ Hawkinson. Proof that I, I'm, I'm not just all talk. I've got two Detroit Lions here in my starting lineup. And you know who my next pick is. If he could make it to my next pick, I am drafting Marvin Jones Jr. I am hoping he's still available. James White goes. All right. So at wide receiver, the top available right now, according to Yahoo's X rank, or their average pick. I I just switched over to average pick. They got Cole Beasley, Larry Fitzgerald, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Emmanuel Sanders, Terrell Williams, Devin Funches, Golden Tate. Way down on the list. Way, way down on the list is Marvin Jones Jr. And if he makes it to me, we're laughing. We're, we're, we're really feeling good. If I can get him as my wide receiver four, that'll be unbelievable. Oh, he just went. Ah, someone went all out and took Marvin Jones Jr. That's okay. That's cool. That's fine. Inside, I'm an emotional mess. But on the outside, all right, we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back. We'll take someone else here. We will be fine. All right, Joe Burrow just went. Which means I get to make my pick now. And who am I going to go with? I'm going to take Deontay Johnson. 
There's someone whose draft stock has just been shooting through the roof this offseason. People can't seem to get enough of Deontay Johnson, and I can't blame them. He had a really good rookie season, especially considering the circumstances. He had the play with Duck Hodges, and he had the play with Mason Rudolph. Not a great tandem to have at quarterback for your rookie year, but he still put up good numbers. So add in the fact, too, that he's a really talented route runner, and you've got a player who can really make a difference if Big Ben is healthy this year. If Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, I don't see why Deontay Johnson can't improve upon the numbers he put up last year. I know Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be healthy, probably healthier throughout the entire season, and he's already got that built-in chemistry with Big Ben. But at the same time, talent usually wins out, and I think he, Deontay Johnson, has the inside track on the number two duties in that Steelers offense at wide receiver. So I've got two more bench spots to fill. I've got a kicker and a defense I need also. And I'm up in three picks. I'm up in three picks. Might take a shot at this point. Just full upside at running back. No point in in drafting someone who's just a steady presence at running back this late in the draft. I want someone who has an outside chance, but still a chance. At cracking my lineup at some point of the season. All right. So, with that in mind, I am selecting Zach Moss of the Buffalo Bills. I I really do think the Bills view this as a pretty close to 50-50 share. The way I see it breaking down is... Somewhere along the lines, I still think Singletary is the 1A, but Moss is the 1B. I definitely think it's a 1A, 1B scenario in Buffalo where Singletary handles a lot of the work in between the 20s. But once you get down to the red zone, they're going to let Moss do a lot of the in between the in the trenches work, you know, running in between the tackles, keeping him very north south. And they get Singletary moving, I think, a little bit more east west. That's the way I see that playing out. So some some touchdown upside potentially with Moss. Buffalo is a team that's looking to run the ball, run first. Even though they went out and traded for Stephon Diggs, that's still a, a run first offense in Buffalo. McDermott wants to play. He wants to play tough football. He wants to to grind out these games and and run the ball and run the clock and win with the defense. That's Buffalo's strongest unit still. They've got a wicked defense the Buffalo Bills. So the more time you can keep those guys well rested, you know, the better they're going to be. So got Zach Moss, who I'm not complaining about, but <laughs> holy rookie running backs. I got four of them now. <laughs> but we're chasing upside this late in the draft. So that pick just seemed to make the most sense. So I can either go kicker defense or fill that last spot. I might go back up quarterback here. That's that's a potential option, but let's see. Let's check the bye weeks out. I'm not proficient yet on the bye weeks. Prescott doesn't have a bye week until week 10. I'm not carrying a quarterback on my roster for the first 10 weeks. 
We're taking either another wide receiver or a running back. And I think I'm going to go wide receiver. And I'm going to go Nikhil Harry. I'm betting on that sophomore bounce back. He's going to be, in all likelihood, the number one outside option in the Patriots offense. We know Edelman's going to command volume out of the slot, but I really do think outside there's not a whole lot of competition for targets, and he was an electrifying prospect entering the NFL draft last year who just couldn't get it done as a rookie. Who knows now with Jared Stidham? I'm sure they practice a lot together in that second-team offense. Definitely a, a chance there that he can get on good terms and stay on the same page with Stidham. Definitely didn't work out with Tom Brady last year. So we'll see what happens now. So now I'm left to take a kicker and a defense. And I'm up again in seven picks. So kicker doesn't really matter. Defense, not a whole lot of nice looking units out there. As far as bounce back units go, I see two on the board. Two that were really affected by injuries last year, and that's the Chargers and the Colts. Chargers obviously missed Derwin James for most of the season, and he makes a big difference, especially in that secondary. And the Colts, they were banged up defensively too, but they added Buckner this year. And they also have Malik Hooker, who was hurt for a lot of the year last year. So I kind of like Indy. As a bounce back candidate on defense. Nonetheless, I'm up again in five picks. And if you don't care who I took on defense or kicker, I'll recap quickly for you who I have taken to this point. And then you can leave, you can rate this podcast, subscribe to it later. But if you don't care who I take at those two positions, I'll just tell you who I have right now. Quarterback, Dak Prescott. Wide receivers, Allen Robinson and DJ Moore. At running back, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson. At my flex, I have DeAndre Swift. On my bench, Kareem Hunt, J.K. Dobbins, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Zach Moss, and Nikhil Harry. So we're, we're team upside. Got a lot of young players on this team. We're definitely shooting for the moon here. With this team, got a lot of rookies or second or third year players. So we'll see how it plays out. If everything works as planned, we'll be heading right to the championship. I'm on the clock. I'm going to take Indianapolis just because I think they've done a lot to revamp that defense and being healthy. We all know how important that is. Just staying healthy will help them as well. So another 12 picks before I take my kicker. And end this. So I'm just going to wrap it up now. You guys don't need to know who I take a kicker. It's not if. If you really want to know, reach out at Rally Towel FF and I will let you know who I drafted at kicker. But I want to thank everyone who listened and tuned in. Thank you very much for doing that. If you want to leave a nice review in the review section of the podcast, feel free. If you want to rate, go ahead, subscribe, do that as well. Thank you again for listening to the eighth episode of the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay safe and 
be kind. Be kind to one another, everyone.